In all my years of adventuring, of hunting dragons and delving dungeons, I have found one thing to be true. And that is people get so caught up in tales of adventuring that they tend to miss out on the little people that actually make the world go round. I'm talking about the innkeepers, the item shop salesmen, the farmers, and the ferrymen. And if one was to look just a little bit deeper, they would find true compelling tales that are far more intimate than any quest could possibly offer. So join me, won't you, on this new program where we'll take a hard look and bring to light real stories of real people from the fantasy realm. I'm Brian David Judkins, and this is Living in Fantasy. Aveline is a moderate village on the crossroads between the Eastern and Southern Kingdoms. It boasts a healthy population of 134, although that number is about to increase by two, as one Imalia Dane is expecting twins. Though the region is mostly farmers, you can satisfy any crafting needs down in the village proper. The village itself is split into three areas trifurcated by a crossroads that cuts directly through the square. At the center of the village is a building known as the Blessed Choice, a traveler's inn run by the misleadingly named Mr. Grimley. Though gruff and portly, the people of Aveline swear you will never meet a nicer innkeeper in all the Seven Kingdoms. The people of Aveline are known as a pleasant and peaceful lot. Twice a month they host a market where various merchants come and sell their wares. Their crops are always bountiful, and the brewers at Carolima swear if you want the best amber ale, you'd better use Aveline wheat. Life in Aveline has reached an impressive calm, but when a dragon moved into the cave on the hill, life became a bit more complicated. It didn't take long for reports of missing sheep to dominate daily conversation. Word at the market was, something was out there, but secretly, everyone in the village hoped it would just go away. To the farmers who live near the cave like Humphrey Ellis, it was a living nightmare. Humphrey was the first one to notice the dragon when he awoke one night to the sounds of screaming wheat. His farmland had turned into a roaring pyre. With quick action, the Ellis family managed to save little more than half their crop. But the wheat was not the only thing lost that night. One of Humphrey's children had gone missing in the blaze. No corpse was found, and without any burned remains to cremate, there was nothing to do but shrug their shoulders. Humphrey still had a dozen other hands to work the field, and Mrs. Ellis still had another four or five in her before her birthing days were over. But when the second child disappeared, Humphrey Ellis knew there was a real problem on hand. See, in all the fury of digging and raking in order to save the wheat field, the Ellis family didn't realize they were covering up the distinctive tracks of a large reptilian monster. And so, one by one, the Ellis children began disappearing in the night, and the people of Aveline would soon learn that the only thing more dangerous than a dragon is a sleepwalking dragon. The economic effects of a dragon can be devastating to a region, 
The first thing to collapse was the housing market. Charred cottages have a way of devaluing property, and listings such as Rustic Fixer Upper weren't really fooling anyone. Where once a farmhouse could fetch upwards of 4,000 gold pieces, now you'd be lucky to give it away at 800. The people of Aveline were stuck. The bi-monthly market quickly dwindled, and villagers soon had to travel abroad in order to sell their wares. Food became a priority, with farmers only maintaining enough land to feed their families. Livestock became a financial risk, and many shepherds in the region cashed out of the market, choosing instead to invest in get-rich schemes like snake oil pyramid companies. What was left to eat in the region became scarce. Most animal species don't reproduce at a rate to keep up with the midnight snacking of a hungry dragon. Fish population dropped by 80% due to ash runoff contaminating local streams. Villagers soon developed a variation of smoker's cough that barbers were calling ash hole, an uncontrollable vomiting of soot and dust. Rabbits became the main staple, but the people of Aveline were lacking one vital piece of knowledge. Rabbits themselves do not contain enough nutritional value without additional roots and vegetables. With the state of farmland as it was, the people of Aveline were eating themselves to death before the dragon even had a chance to. Something had to be done. And so, the local magistrate was summoned. However, this one had a bit of a reputation. Common folk considered him ineffectual and unfitting of his position. The people of Aveline had gotten quite used to solving matters without him. See, this wasn't the first time that trouble had come to that cave. Just last year, an orcish fraternity had moved in for the summer, causing concern for villagers who didn't want their kind about. That problem was easily solved by torches and pitchforks. However, if the people of Aveline had bothered to learn any orcish, they would have realized that Phi Skullcrusher Gamma was in fact a scholastic fraternity, who were here on independent study to research post-agricultural anthropology. This dragon problem, however, required an expert. An authority on dragons was summoned to the area and began a thorough investigation, including footprint casting, flame projectile length, dental markings, and other analysis by the highly accepted science of dragon study. However, after a detailed fecal analysis, the people of Aveline were hit with even more bad news. This dragon was still young. As dragons can live for centuries, this meant that Aveline would be suffering for generations. A militia was formed after enough pressure and on the morning of the harvest moon, an operation was approved to try and evict the dragon. That decision was not universally accepted, however. A young Miss April Wright Twitch, recent Academy graduate and sole member of the Animal Symbiosis Society, had managed to chain herself across the mouth of the cave, in defiance of what she called the mistreatment of a fellow living creature. 
her end was described as crispy by the only survivor of an event now referred to as the Badly Burnt Quest, or BBQ. The tragic truth is that Aveline is dying, slowly digesting in the gullet of an apathetic adolescent monster. For some, it's time to call it quits. Imalia Dane has decided to leave Aveline before the birth of her children, citing a common prophecy of the era. It's widely known in the fantasy realm that twins will be born one good and one evil. Preparing them for their eternal war against each other will be busy enough without the added weight of raising them in the shadow of dragons. It hasn't been all bad. For some, things have worked out nicely. Mr. Grimley swears that business at the Blessed Choice has never been better. Many adventurers have flocked to Aveline in hopes of challenging the dragon, providing a revenue stream Mr. Grimley does not expect to end anytime soon. That dragon is young and healthy, he says. Ain't no man alive gonna kill it anytime soon. So what makes a person stay? Is it the nostalgia? The hope that Aveline can return to what it once was? When we hear tales of scary monsters, financial ruin is never something we're taught to fear. Still, heroes come in many forms. Mr. Grimley admits he regularly makes trips up the hill to retrieve the armor of slain adventurers. He trades them to a blacksmith in Carolima for food and wood to rebuild the burnt-down farmhouses. He says he feels wrong prospering in a time of great tragedy and wants all of the people of Aveline to know how strong their community is. It's nice to be reminded that in a realm we know to be filled with war, poverty, and famine, that communities still bind together against the great problems of our time, adolescent monsters. I'm Brian David Judkins, and this has been Living in Fantasy. This episode of Living in Fantasy was scavenged from the charred remains of a dead adventurer by Play Plus One and Charging Moose Media. Written and partially scored by Brian David Judkins. Edited and mixed by Ned Donovan. Additional music by Serge Narcissoff and Serpent Sound Studios. We encourage you to check out our sister podcast, Encounter Party, in what reviews are calling the best D&D podcast out there. For more information on either show, head over to EncounterParty.com.